The movie guys love movies. Any comments about Imogene Poots being cast in Andy Sandberg's Lonely Island movie are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Imogene Poots? It's because her name is entertaining. Yeah. To say. The so most fun name to say since Numi Rapace. Ooh. Imogene Poots. Or, as the great David Letterman would say, Uma. What did he say? Uma meets Poots. Poots. <laughs> Rapace. Pace. Poots meet Rapace. Rapace meet Poots. Like uh, um, Adam said earlier. Adam is not with us, but in his absence, I will say something that he said earlier today, which is he loves any name that's a sentence. <laughs> Imogene Poots? Yeah. Um, doesn't she remind me of some old... Uh, t- Movie actress. What was her name? Imogene. Coca. Coca. Yeah, not a lot of Imogenes out there. No. And it's spelled I M O G E N. That's a sentence in itself. It sounds like too. it should be pronounced Imogen. Maybe I'm, it is. Imogen? Maybe it is. It's, and it's the not poots. even to see important part. <laughs> I think right? Poots is really what we're getting our money's worth. The Poots. poots. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really where you make your money on that name. Is the Poots. poots. Hey, hang yeah. on a sec. Siri, read me back that text. a message from Karen Volpe. Oh, what did Karen say? Is it tonight's attention? attention? The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about Imogen Poots being <laughs> cast in Andy Samberg's Lonely Island movie are purely for entertainment purposes <laughs> only. Isn't that right, Imogen Poots? <laughs> you know, because that... Uh, she Imogen said, Poots. Uh, she might be pronouncing it correctly. Imogen. I think so. Imogen, Imogen Poots. Poots. Yeah, she said Imogen. Yeah, maybe we should take after her. Imogen. Because Jean would have an E at the end of it, right? Imogene Coca had an E at the end. There you have We learned something. Did wow. We, did we really? Yes. No. Hey, uh, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire, communism was just a red herring. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, and of course, themovieguys.net. Absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes, share and like posts, leave a review, rate us, all that stuff. We appreciate it. And if you do that... Paul, I was just curious about all these things, yeah. uh, if I were to do any of You're those. You're talking about the rating and the uh, review? Yes. And the, and How the much forwarding? would that cost me? Still no charge. No. Uh, by the way, if you do find yourself at themovieguys.net, there's much to read as new reviews have been posted of Mad Max Fury Road, Ex Machina, Good Kill, and a look at a DVD recommend- recommendation from one of our new writers, oh. Morgan, Morgan Kraljavik. Easy for you to say. That's Croatian. Uh, who wrote up something on the movie called Blue Ruin, which is a filthy revenge tale, supposedly, oh. which now I want to see after reading her thing. Uh, we're also on WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Basically, search the movie guys on Google, Yahoo, or... And we come right up. <laughs> I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. You keep using this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And Karen Volpe. Don't leave all the plants will die. Later in the show, we'll be joined by the director of the independent drama that could, <gasps> Where Hope Grows, now Woo-hoo. playing across the country, Chris Dowling. Wow. Woo-hoo. I mean, Woo-hoo. here's the challenge, writing a script. Okay, then there's a challenge of making the movie. Yeah. Then there's the challenge of getting people to see it and this one's playing cross country. Limited release but still out there yeah. uh, in numerous cities. And That's numerous really something places. to be proud of. That's really cool. Yeah, We'll talk to him all about it. He wrote and directed it and directed it. It's true. Right? So an exhaustive search for directors from what I'm told. Hey, he could have started out, it, but you he write chose the script, to Then you do the director else. search. Oh, okay. Yes. Then you make the movie. I yeah. missed a step in there. He did yeah. that move that I probably, you know, I'm too vain to do. He let someone else do the lead part. 
Uh, although, I mean, like, I... although we're going to talk about this. I don't yeah. know if he did. I <gasps> think, think I think there's pretended? a yeah. I think he's taking he's double dipping with the SAG credits. So I think he's pulling both an actor salary and a director salary. I think he, he and I were talking about this. It's not the same guy. It's That's what I would do. That's right. Ah, he looks, he pull two salaries. like him. That's not Whatever. a bad idea. And if you've seen the trailer, the lead character is Chris Cocopuffs. Chris. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Good looking, No, good looking guy, yeah. which is also Chris Dowling. So yes. when Mr. Handsome showed up tonight, I'm like, oh my God, it's the guy from the movie. Right. Nope, it's another Mr. Handsome. <laughs> it's a full, it's a handsome. Just a bunch <laughs> of handsome people in this movie. Throwing Brooke Burns. <laughs> we're doing all right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, you'll notice I said Adam is out this week. If you're watching Vimeo, you're probably seeing that his chair is being taken up by our dog. Yes. Dr. Marvin. Dr. Marvin is sitting in the Adam chair. You got anything to say there, Dr. Marvin? <laughs> Good boy. boy. <laughs> he might be here with some movie. Actually, <laughs> that little thing he does. Now, you've probably seen this video going around online where the dog hates Satan. Yes. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Like the, yes. Hey, who doesn't? Who right. doesn't hate okay. Satan? That makes sense. This lady says, do you like right. Satan? The dog goes, ah. And everyone's, everyone posted it on her page going, that's just like Dr. That's Marvin. Dr. Marvin. Because he goes, all right? the time. Does all it all the, the time. time. On cue, though. Right. So um, we had uh, you know Ted Raimi here in studio, mm-hmm. if you remember back in uh, And I don't know what Ted said to Dr. Marvin, but they did not get along, apparently. And Dr. Marvin doesn't like Ted Raimi, so we put a little video together that Ted posted, and it's gone a little uh, viral here. Yeah. Let me play that uh, video for you. Hey, doctor. Do you like George Clooney? Like George Clooney? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. I love George Clooney. You like Matt Damon? He's just sitting there quietly. Adorable. Doctor you loves you like Matt, Matt Damon. That's a big fan. You like Ted Raimi? Oh, he doesn't like it now either. You like Ryan Gosling? See, he likes Ryan Gosling. He's getting them all right. He's getting all the answers correct. Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. He could take her leave. How about Ted Raimi? And it's pretty pretty frightening if you watch the Vimeo. Did they have a moment alone that we didn't know about when Ted was here? Apparently Ted said something to him. And they're holding he's holding a grudge. Does he owe Does he owe Dr. Marvin money? I think Ted owes him money. I think Dr. Marvin owed him uh, loaned him like twenty bucks. Is that what it is, Dr. Marvin? Well, now you can see why Dr. Marvin's named after Dr. Leo Marvin from What About Bob, who had a short temper and loved to yell a lot. Yep. <laughs> All right, so this might just be going on. What? <laughs> now he's going to make a break now for he's it. Walking onto the onto the table, <laughs> knocking microphones over. Doctor, you don't know how a radio show works. You got to sit still for a second. Okay, good lord. This is his pilot. He, he If he doesn't do well here, he's not going to get his own show. Well, Doctor, I think he's I trying he to take that. over the show if you notice whose mic he's going to. Doctor, we have a service here that we have to do, okay? Every week we provide a service filling folks in on what's new at theaters, okay? Now, <laughs> so listen, folks, you're right to come to us every week. We won't let you down, and we'll give you our unique take on the new releases in theaters. <laughs> this week, um, <laughs> the only movie that's out this summer that's a prequel to itself, Tomorrowland, and of course later in the show... We didn't know where else to go. You did the right thing coming here. Maddie was the first one to notice things. Mom? How will you get here? Who are you talking to? When was the last time you had contact with her? Before she was taken? Who let a tiger I loose left. in the building? <laughs> I left the MGM. Okay, who brought the dog? Who brought the dog? Oh, we did. Turns out. <laughs> Turns out we brought the dog. I left the MGM logo in there. Just oh, to like, right. make you think maybe a lion attacks in the middle of Poltergeist. <laughs> that was Poltergeist. That made so. it better. 
better. I liked it better. Sure. I, I'm actually s- slightly it, looking forward to this one. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, it it looks like a beat for beat remake, but the, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's something. I about didn't it. see the original that I can remember. What's the original about? This. Yeah. The, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll be talking about it. You'll be talking about it. I will. I can't wait. That'll just be great. I can't wait to hear what I have to say. All right. Oh, it's fascinating, Karen. It's fascinating what you're about to say. <laughs> but our first film is Tomorrowland. Now, wrap your head around this. The film's poster says, Remember the future, probably because Tomorrowland, the section of Disneyland, was created in 1955 or 60 years ago when the future was now. Wow. Remember? All right, Bart, let's talk about Tomorrowland. Here we go. Well, as you know, the Admiral's Club is a spoiler-free zone, so you don't have to worry about us giving anything away when it comes to the plot. So in that sense, we're just like Tomorrowland's official website. (laughs) Here's what Disney had to say about Tomorrowland, and I'm paraphrasing for the sake of this joke. (laughs) Frank and Casey embark on a danger-filled mission to unearth the secrets of an enigmatic place somewhere in time and space known only as Tomorrowland. What they must do there changes the world and them forever. So what's the movie about? Yeah. Uh, did I mention it stars George Clooney? Oh, sounds oh, interesting. That sounds great. Now here, I have more details, actually. <clears throat> Britt Robertson, known for her roles in a slew of movies with titles that suggest sex, like First Time, The Longest Ride, and Scream 4, <laughs> plays... Casey Newton, a young girl living in Todayburg, I presume, who receives a magic ring that allows her to glimpse an amazing world of the future that coexists on an alternate timeline on the very land she's standing. This must be how conservatives see America. They're always just one democratic election loss from America where you can still use the word fag. To find answers about the magic ring, she tracks down a crazy old... It's all in the election. I looked at that and I thought it said flag. (laughs) Oh, you don't have to twist. It's the same the, difference. The conservatives' arms yeah. to talk about the, the flag. flag. I was like, did you yeah. typo that? Um. Uh, to find answers about the magic ring, she tracks down a crazy old inventor who lives in a shack in the country. <laughs> but being a movie, he looks like George Clooney <laughs> and doesn't pull a gun on you and awkwardly segues into Obamacare when you were just talking about anything else. <laughs> now, for George Clooney, Clooney looks rather grizzled here as the inventor to the point where he looks like the guy who invented grizzle. Clooney is a former boy genius who grows up, which is why he's a former boy genius, I suppose, and becomes disillusioned when he realizes that the computer never went on to wear tennis shoes. Deep reference. Yeah, one I like. Yes, now, but like anything found by, well, anyone in a movie, there are bad guys that want the ring too. So Casey and Frank adventure off. See what I did there? They adventure off. Adventure off into Tomorrowland to either hide or change the future or save someone. Did I mention it stars George Clooney? Well, that oh, sounds good. Exactly. That would be nice. According to the trailer, the future is scary, and to escape from the bad guys, you have to fly through space in a bathtub. A bathtub, Paul? Aren't we in the 21st century where everyone takes showers? But then again, I guess George Clooney, a young girl in a shower, wouldn't quite be a Disney appropriate. <laughs> but the tomorrow of the future may not happen if they Uh-oh. don't stop tomorrow today, or maybe stop the future in the past. <laughs> Frankly, I don't even know if this preview has even happened yet. Having adopted everything from the theme park rides to Walt Disney himself, the Disney company has moved on to adapting square footage of the Disneyland sidewalk. Look for their upcoming adventures, $12 Hot Dog World, and The NeverEnding Line Corral, and Board of Directors. 
Tomorrowland was co-written by David Lindenloff, a famed writer of the television series Lost. So we can expect it to start off really exciting, and then about a third of the way through it, it'll focus on characters we don't care about, and it'll never explain anything. Mm, I was excited. <laughs> does this movie star George Clooney by any chance? Why, yes, it does, Paul. Oh, that sounds like that a good movie. Good. Yeah, see that. That's Tomorrowland. Yay! The dog is walking just all over the table. The dog, you're getting hair everywhere. I know. I honestly didn't think Dr. Marvin and I were that close, but apparently kisses <laughs> were yeah. coming my way in the I middle of that. I don't get kisses. I got kisses. Did you Doctor, see that? No, what do you make I'm of jealous. Tomorrowland? Wow. Wow. I, I, did you mention it does star George Clooney, Dr. Marvin? <laughs> He likes George Clooney. Don't we all? We all like George Clooney. I have no idea what this movie's about. It, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. It seems like but an you're adventure. Right. Yeah. They are holding out on whatever might be fascinating about this. All the synopsises are the same. Yeah. Clooney, Brad Bird, special effects. I mean, I'm in with that. They're assuming everyone else will be as well. I'm waiting for... It, it kind of reminds me of the scene in... Um, the oh gosh, the Nightmare Before Christmas when the bathtub walks around and helps them to go and do their adventures. Yeah. Makes and there it helps the bad guys. It out, helps though. the bad so guys. They put a spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I researched so hard to try to find anything about what was going on in this movie. And it's she finds a ring that takes her places or. While she's in jail, by the way. Yeah. Why? She's she 12. She got arrested for something. Yeah. They don't she ex- must have yeah. TP'd a house. It is interesting because that's the hot chick from The Longest Ride, right? Yeah. Here she's like a kid. But I'm like, wasn't she like cause I was super hot college chick in the tight she jeans? She was boinking in the other one. What? And now she's like. Some well, next to George Clooney, she looks like a little girl because he's an adult man. <laughs> That's true. No, you're absolutely right. You know, but next to, your, to another teenager. But to your point, I don't know Boynton. if I brought this up on the air when I went to Star Wars Celebration, but Oscar Isaac and John Boyega came out and did the first sort of presentation of The Force Awakens anywhere. Mm. And so, but you know, the like the the clamp was down to not reveal anything because they were like, "What's it? Well, who's your character?" And Oscar Isaac says, "Well, I play a pilot." who meets up with John Boyega's character, and together we get intertwined in a story that changes our lives forever. <laughs> like, oh, how like... He says stuff to me, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. say stuff back. And it's they filmed something. it. <laughs> it's something, <laughs> yeah. let me yeah. tell you. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I'm particularly interested in it, to be quite frankly. It just seems like just too much special effects, almost. It's for the sake of it, right? Well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm sort of interested in it because it is completely a made-up story, so it's not like we're revisiting something that's already been done, which I kind of like. Does it start Tim McGraw? It does. <laughs> oh, it well, does. then I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> it's not based on a book, right? It's not based no. on a comic book. It's not based on but a young adult novel. Po- points for it's originality. It's kind of exciting. Absolutely. But Tomorrowland was an exhibit at Disneyland. Yeah, it, it still is. It is based on the ride. It is but, the world oh, of the theme park where there. Space Mountain is, where uh, Honey, I Shrunk the oh, Audience, okay. or now Cap Neo is, where Star Tours is. So Tomorrowland is like a uh, an area of the park? Correct. I have not have been to Have you never been to I Disneyland? I have. No, no. Have you not been to Disneyland? Oh, I just lost something. Yeah, Dr. Marvin turned you down. Did he just turn <laughs> he me down? He literally okay. turned you down. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've actually... Oh, Lord, that was me. I was actually at uh, the opening. I was there like the first year of uh, Epcot. There you go. Oh, back in like the <laughs> early 80s? Yeah, yeah. We were in the ball like the first year the ball was open. And I I couldn't tell you what that was in there. I think it was a ride. It was a ride showing you like the history of communication. And it, yeah. it has, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Isn't that it? Or is that That's a, Carousel that, of Progress. Oh, sorry. That was a different Also ride, in Tomorrowland. Right? Oh, I remember as a you. kid, there was a lot of walking at Epcot, which 
as a kid, I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, they have like... Um, Walking a, a, and standing. There's an attraction there that's sort of just like a farmer's market. I don't quite <laughs> understand that. Yeah. Well, here's why you want to go back. <clears throat> if you remember out by the lake, they've got all the countries of the world. And what yes, you do is you start the... with tequila in Mexico ah. and work your way around a Canadian beer <clears throat> by way of sake and wine and all sorts of... So drink, there's an Epcot... Drink around the world and you will enjoy it. An that's, Epcot crawl? I think the Epcot crawl is, is yeah, what drink around the world. I'm like, yeah, that's what it better yeah. for you. We're not drinkers, so it's really boring. When you were 12, it was just leaning against railings and watching movies in the round, <clears> which yeah. was really weird. There's that go. still with the Animatronics. China Animatronics. Yeah. yeah. So, anywho... It, and they're closing Den. Oh no, they're they're closing the Maelstrom ride at Denmark. Oh, I and, liked that because it's got to put in a frozen thing, right? Uh, so that's, uh, it's all frozen all the time over at Disney. Uh, uh, well, they can't do any. They can't put up a Tomorrowland ride because there already is one. So, but it's not a Tomorrowland isn't a ride. It's a it's a it's a place. It's, it's a, a whole part of the thing. Park. Yeah, like Adventureland. So, oh, so we can expect trail. Fantasyland. Uh, oh, you know, we'll okay. have. Critter Country movie. It'll be exciting. I, uh, I'm looking forward to you pick up a little thing that you find, and then all of a sudden you're transformed into some crazy place, and you have to get in the bathtub with George Clooney. I am there. You're looking forward to that. <laughs> Any right, pin well, that gets me in a bathtub with George Clooney. I want to be part of that. After this, in the aforementioned Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, which is a movie as well, and more, Disney really is capitalizing on maximizing movie potential on all of their properties. Oh. It's getting a little... Strange. I mean, it's all laid out in the latest Hollywood Reporter. You guys have. Oh, I have, oh, I I have the latest copy. Do you have the latest copy of the Hollywood Reporter? Yeah, I do. Because I happen to exactly have exactly the same copy. The, I, the I, latest one. I have okay. the latest one that has the Impossible on it. Here, yeah, my read, latest. Uh, That's read, a good movie. Let me read what Disney has here in development. Yeah. Oh, here's okay. one based on the famous log flume ride called Flume. Ooh! Exclamation point. Disney has set up with Brad Bird returning to direct, so expect wonder, family fun. And Mission Impossible 4. Oh, Bruce okay. Willis stars as a logger in the Pacific Northwest named Doug Flume. His <laughs> idyllic woodsy family is going about their working class business when ISIS makes an all-out assault on America's <laughs> logging infrastructure and puts his family in danger by releasing the logging company's entire stock of logs to the river with his daughter and wife tied to a hollowed-out log headed for the falls. Oh, Can no. Bruce Willis save his family or at least pretend to enjoy the log's splashy descent? <laughs> and will he be able to get his wet underwear out of the crack of his ass for the rest of the day? Oh. Find out in Flume. Ooh. Doug Flume? We've Meet all been there. Imogene Poots. <laughs> Imogene Poots? Doug, Doug Flume. 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 Poots. <laughs> Uh, Paul, I'm noticing in my most recent edition of The Hollywood Reporter, there's a report on uh, a new Disney theme called Parker. I have that, too. Oh, do, okay, yeah. right there. Because I have the same Hollywood Oh, the same, reporters. yeah, mm -hmm. same page, same edition. Uh, Disney has based this next ride on one of the few areas of the park yet to be put into construction, the parking lot, the ride, based on the epic and time-told tale of people trying to enter and exit Disney World. Parker! Features a divorced father played by Stellan Skarsgård and daughter played by Kristen Stewart, two people anyone would appreciate being trapped in a car for two hours with. Tensions rise when an everyday trip to Disneyland to help heal their relationship turns into a fight for survival, and they're collared further and further into a maze in which there is no escape. When all hope is lost and they are surrounded by the orange-jacketed zombie masses, the only thing that can save them is the tram! Robotic transportation device from the future, voiced by prop comic Gallagher. Oh. Why do drive it drive through ATMs have Braille on them? Find out in Parker. Parker! 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 <laughs> wow, this is kind of exciting. I was just noticing on my Hollywood reporter that Disney. Oh, if you yeah, if, if you keep reading, if you keep reading on that page. The next part, yeah. Okay. Disney is going to expand to suspense with the property they're developing rapidly for December release called 
That's where they get you. It's a horror film. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's, where, they that's where they get you. Is this the Robert Townsend I'm going to get you sucker sequel? <laughs> that's where they get you. That's where they get you. Based on all the food and souvenir shops at the various Disney <laughs> theme parks, that's where they get you, <laughs> presents the harrowing tale of a middle class family trying to stay within their budget after they are lured into a sinister portal of the damned by triple A discount tickets. The events that unfold in That's Where They Get You tear the family apart with $12 hot dogs and an $8 bottle of water. In a world where everyone's out to get you, the family is tricked into poverty by an $18 fish and chips dinner made more palatable by that being named after the Little Mermaid. No audience will ever forget the incredible assault of $15 light-up necklaces and pictures with corporate cartoon mascots. You can run and you can hide. But you can't escape. They'll get you. All right. There you go. That's what's coming up. Who knew? I thought it was just going to be more, uh, you know, Frozen stuff. But no. No, they'll get you. It's coming. They've got all new original material being planned over at Disney. You wanted original? You got it. I got original. Tomorrowland and whatever the hell that was. You know, that's good, though, because I think... I think all rides end in the gift shop is going to be the next ride. That'll be a sequel (laughs) to They're Gonna Get You. Doctor, what do you make of this lineup of uh, of, uh, movies? (laughs) He doesn't uh. like Disney movies, really. <laughs> right. No, no. We'll find out what he likes. He's that. never at a loss for words, Paul. This is yeah. what I true. amazing. All right, well, let's look at our next film of the big summer weekend. That's right, Hollywood. Your subscription to Remake of the Month Club is still active. Ooh. Let's see what's coming our way in uh, this month. Let's see. It's Poltergeist. Oh. oh, how exciting. Which in German translates to Chicken Ghost, I think. I don't know. Who's, I'll look Sounds it up at good. some point. Okay. Karen, let's uh, tell everybody what it's about. All, All right. right, it's a horror movie. Either there's another paranormal movie in theaters or some artsy filmmakers deliver the 15th entry into his girl suddenly gets jerked through a doorway by a mysterious force cycle. Okay, so we're remaking a Spielberg movies now, huh? Just checking on how desperate we are for a good idea. You guys do realize there are still bad movies that have yet to be remade, right? Why don't you back up the movie truck, put it in first, and have another run at Kazam? He's a genie. Maybe get Idris Elba. I'm saying there's room for improvement with Shazam. I guess digitally removing leg warmers from the original Poltergeist was too cost prohibitive, as they've decided to update the entire movie to appeal to a whole new generation, for whom 1982 is now black and white. This is what you would call a re-envisioned, or a retelling. What that means is the movie is about a story that has already been visioned or telled before. So among the clever deviations from the original are such twists as changing the name of the family from Freeling to Bowen. And instead of having a short old woman come in to exercise a house of demons, This house is clean. They have some guy in a skirt do it. This isn't just a few pissed off spirits we're dealing with. It's a poltergeist. I tell you. I think he's Irish. Yeah. Or English or that other thing. I'm just saying. I tell you, this version of poltergeist is practically unrecognizable. Especially when you close your eyes. Oh. Mm-hmm. P-Geist, as only I am calling it, and promise never to again, has a lot to overcome in today's savvy movie-going audience. For example, the thought of a little girl getting sucked into a TV is a bit of a stretch. Sure, back in 1982, when the first Poltergeist came out, this was completely feasible, because TVs were huge back then. Mm-hmm. Heck, there was, a room for a couple of, there was room for a couple of five-year-old girls in the back of my parents' zenith. It was one of my favorite hiding places for hide-and-go-seek, but with modern thin-screen televisions, well, we're just not buying it, movie. The original Poltergeist still has us washing the shit stains out of our underoos, so why remake it? The trailer never answers that question or even offer a clue. It's a fairly clueless-looking movie. The hashtag slogan is, it knows what scares you. Okay, movie, if you know what scares me, then you already know that I think this film will be silly and predictable. 
that's what scares me about most horror films like this. Even the ghost is bored. It's mostly making things leap at you with a scream or causing young kids to turn upside down. It's nothing truly disturbing like, say, Unfriended or Mordecai. Fear of clowns is front and center on the poster, as it should be. Except in the current horror era with the application of Photoshop's Saw color palette, it now looks like whatever. Congratulations, you've taken one of the scariest movies of the last two decades and turned it into uh, maybe a sequel for Annabelle? Friend of the show, Dave Rosalski, has already given a review of this movie. That movie can go fuck itself. Whoa! Fuck that movie. Fuck that fucking movie. That's good to know. Thanks, Dave. That's good to know. I think he was talking about Poltergeist. You know what? I'm going to change my answer from earlier. Yeah? Yeah, not looking forward to this movie. Oh, no? No. Now that Karen has said what she has to say about it. It's taken me a lot of work to say what I had to say about it, so We have fun with movies here, but this one we really crapped on, didn't we? Well, it just Um, didn't need to be made. Why bother doing this? You know why bother doing this? Because you know you'll make money and it's an easy thing to do. I guess. But you're right, which is the wrong reason to make a movie. I know, but that's the reason these days, because it's easier to... Yeah, you're right, but they're just doing... It's easier to get people to back something that they know can make their money back. The week after doing it right with Mad Max, right, furthering the adventures of a character we already know, right, and six months out of Star Wars, furthering the adventures of characters mm-hmm. we already know, uh, Poltergeist is just doing the same crap we already saw. They're they're going backwards, Not and it's such a waste of Sam Rockwell. Oh, he makes what three, four movies a year for Lucky, and this is this Does he is really two? It's a lot of movies. That's a lot of movies. Is I don't it? know. Do we see that many Sam Rockwell movies? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, uh, he maybe is great. Is, he's great. And maybe I just, you're seeing reruns on TBS. Oh, in t- yes. And Rosemary DeWitt is in it. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing except I like her. <laughs> well, but speaking to I this like movie doesn't need to be made, we were talking about, uh, earlier we were talking about how, you know, some movies for the sake of technology or the sake of special effects, yeah, you can argue need to be remade. Like uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, you get better monkeys. We need better sure, monkeys. Sure, you always yeah. can get better monkeys. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's things that are sci-fi related and spacey related. But there was nothing about the 1982 Poltergeist that that wasn't completely scary. And there was nothing about it that you're like, well, you know, I'd really like to see this done a little better. No, I don't know what that goo was coming out of the ceiling on that rope, but that was the creepiest shit I have ever seen. <laughs> but it was already in color. It was already yeah. uh, high tech. It was already, you know, it's, I don't know. Doctor, do you like the original Poltergeist? <laughs> Yeah, what do you make of the new poltergeist? Yeah. All right. Okay, calm down, calm down. And you like Sam Rockwell, right? Yeah. What do you make of uh, Ted Raimi? Wait a minute, is Ted Raimi even in this movie? I don't no, know. but I just wait a minute. Sam is producing it. I think his brother Sam Raimi is producing it, but oh. Doctor Marvin likes him. Do you like Sam Raimi? Yeah. See, okay. there you go. It's weird. It's just Ted. It's just Ted. And it, and it's funny because I wonder if like siblings have a rivalry because now this could really get in mm. the way of their friendship. I hope neither of them hear this. I know. It's really embarrassing. Hey, do you think they'll uh, remake the curse of Poltergeist? Is that the second what or third one? What are you even one? talking about? After Poltergeist, uh, apparently the cast was cursed, the movie was cursed, and what? then the young girl died, and then the oh, silver sister right. died, and then this and that happened, oh, and other wow. people passed away. As, as There's a moment along. in the original Poltergeist that I find hilarious today. I didn't pick up on it when I was... 12 at the time but when she gets out of the car when she comes home because the girl kind of like disappears for most of the movie mm-hmm. and she just comes back at the end she has hickeys all over her oh neck my God. Uh, she really, she's like three oh or four God. hickeys what's happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she was just out sucking face all oh night and then God. comes home to this but yeah she has two or three like large hickeys which are 
I, I thought clearly, you know, intentional. <laughs> I've never they seen that. They have to be. I'll have to watch oh it again. God, yeah. We had a theater experience for this a few years back. Oh, yeah. At the Great New Beverly. This and um, Rocky Three. No, this and, this and Rocky Three. I think it was three. Rocky Three, yeah. yeah. Well, it was like 1982 night or something. And uh, the, young, the young boy who played the, or the actor who played the young boy That's was right. a, was he a showed up. guest yeah, speaker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really great. We, he talked about how back then movies, there, there seems to be a different tone and attitude to that period of movies. Because I think you can just watch a movie and, for obvious reasons, tell it was made in the 70s. But to me, movies today feel like they're more machined, like they're more like a process, like there's a drill. And back then, you could just see the fun that they were having on, even on that set, even on that movie. Because there's a scene where Craig T. Nelson is like doing a remote control war with his friend. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for me, it just kind of felt like that came through on the on the film, and I think that that young guy spoke to that. I can't remember if that was. Yeah, and there was a different sort of recklessness too, kind of in a yeah. way back then too, right? The sets were a little looser. Yeah. So we've seen this once, and since Poltergeist, we've seen basically Poltergeisty type movies a hundred times. Um, a completely suspecting family moves into a haunted house after being told by the realtor, with both a wink and a nod, that the seller was very motivated. It's a fixer upper. All the houses are like this in our price range. Yeah, by that, he means built on a cemetery. <laughs> but, you know, with interest rates at historical lows, they just couldn't resist this opportunity to move into a prime piece of possessed real estate. Well, last week, we played a clip from our old sketch, The Pragmatics, here on our uh, 100th anniversary show. Mm -hmm. And I think it bears repeating again. We'll play the whole sketch here in its Ooh. entirety, as oh, it is okay, good. And it's immediately it's relevant again <laughs> uh, because of Poltergeist. Here we go. Every day, families move into haunted houses, determined to overcome the odds. This is a split level with lots of space and a wonderful backyard for the kids. The only thing, some people say it's haunted. But the forces of nature didn't know who they were messing with when they haunted the pragmatics. Hey, then let's not buy or live in this house. The Pragmatics are looking for a house, but to find it, they'll have to battle the forces of hell. Mr. and Mrs. Pragmatic, I've lived in the neighborhood for several years, and your house is definitely the most beautiful. But I have to tell you, the previous tenants said sometimes they heard screams coming from the basement. Okay, we'll just fill it with cement and move out of the house. <laughs> the Pragmatics, the most logical family ever to move into a haunted house. You're living in the old McCryptic cabin, eh? Well, them woods is cursed, I tell ya. Oh, are they? Well, then we'll just clear-cut the forest, sell the lumber, then leave and never come back. <laughs> no demon, no spirit, no force of evil can match the logic of the pragmatics. Honey, Aubrey's been acting weird since we moved here. I just found her sitting in a pool of her own urine with her head spinning like a top and speaking in tongues. Well, she's adopted. Let's return her immediately, then move and never come back. <laughs> the Pragmatics. They're coming to your neighborhood, but they won't be staying very long if things get weird. Whew. Finally, our new house. Get out. Everybody in the car. <laughs> the Haunting of the Pragmatics. Moving to your neighborhood briefly this fall. <laughs> and there is a moment in this trailer where they, where Sam Rockwell says to his wife, "What are we gonna do? What are, where do, what are we gonna do? What can you tell the police? Like, uh, we don't know what to do. The girl got sucked in the TV." <laughs> All right.
right, we're out of here. Uh, we'll be back with our guest. Um, that was uh, the Pragmatics, a great moment from our first 100 shows. This will be our first guest of the next 100 shows. Oh, wow. Shows. No pressure. Which is kind of exciting. Uh, we'll be back with Chris here in about 15 seconds. Stay with us. Good news. Our second half guest sheds less than the first half guest. <laughs> Thank God. Good Lord, there was hair all over the place. Well, I don't know about that yet, Paul. We'll, uh, we'll see. find that we'll out. See. He uh, does have some <laughs> some flaxen hair. He does. He has he has um I just saw a movie and you yours? could play Prince real? Charming. He's got the floppy hair. Yeah. Like Prince Charming's. Prince Valiant? Any of them. Yeah. Oh, you any sure. prince. He could be a prince. Yeah. Well, let's get right into all right. it. All right. Let's. Uh, it's the director of Where Hope Grows, which can now be seen in limited release, but across the country in limited release. That's good. Also directed Rock Slide with Patrick Warburton and is the writer of The Remaining. Chris Dowling is hey. with us, everybody. Hey. Not to be confused with Chris Kerfumple, your lead in your movie. Okay, what is his name for the love of God? Tell Bart so he's... It is Chris Palaha. Palaha. Good looking oh, guy. Yeah. Almost as good looking as you. Almost. Well, thank you kindly. Yeah. yeah poop, I'm secure poop. enough in my manhood to uh, acknowledge Wait, so his that. name is what is it again? Chris Palaha. Palaha Putin. What's your name? Palaha Poots. Poots. All these Palaha Poots. Palaha. Poots repace jokes in honor of the great Dave Lerman. Dave Lerman. We're recording on the evening of his final broadcast. Yes, yep. people should understand that the reference is in the regards to... Yes. It, yeah. It is an homage to the the, mon- the, the moment that we're experiencing, which is his final goodbye. But hello to Chris. Hey, uh, thank Chris! you. Thank you, thank Yay. you, thank you. Yes, this is a movie. Well, well, I'll let you tell everybody what it's about. Well, you know what? <laughs> tell a little bit of what it's about. Then I got a little clip from the trailer, which will reinforce what you're talking about. You tell us what it's about, then we'll tell you what it's about. Fair <laughs> enough. You guys probably do a better version, too. I mean, I'm bad at the elevator pitch. But I will say it is about a, a man who was a professional baseball player, and um, he's kind of had that fall from grace. He's back in a small town where he used to be a hero. He's... You know, trying to make it work with his 17-year-old daughter, and he's kind of broken, sleepwalking through life, and he meets an individual with Down syndrome that works at the grocery store. Um, and he start, that, that character, Produce, who has the Down syndrome, starts to China, kind of change his life and become this conduit for change and, and really becomes a hero um, just by the way he looks at life with kind of this faith, hope, and love type, you know, his mentality. Well, let's play. This is a little bit about the opening of the guy... Uh, uh, Campbell. What's his first name? Calvin, Calvin Campbell. Calvin Campbell. That's right. The former uh, baseball player. With this little clip from the preview will give you an idea of what he's all about. I think there's somebody here tonight who deserves just a little bit of recognition. It's not because he's a regular here at Stevie Ray's or even because he was a Detroit Tiger. Simply because it's his birthday. Give it up for Calvin Campbell. You drunk again, Mr. Campbell? Uh, where do you think you're going? Out with Colts? No. You were 16 years old. I'm 17, Dad. What happened to us spending my birthday together? I don't know. What time did you get home? Late. Don't you think it's about time you got a real job again, Dad? How are you doing this afternoon? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Even when I'm doing bad, I'm doing good. Have a magnificent day. So at the very end of the clip there, that's produce. Mm-hmm. And they have they share which a we hug. never he hugs find, everybody. We never find his find out his real name, right? He's like kind of like uh, Tyler Durden, Jack from Fight Club. We don't know who he is. <laughs> he, you know what? He's a lot like Jack from Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, it is you a lot might, like the movie. Is a lot. He like might be steering people in many ways. Many ways. 
Can, can I just say, can I just say real quick? Just I want to cut back something really quick. I just wanted to say that I really really like the pragmatics. Oh okay. I just, I just wanted before we move on, I wanted to throw that out there. It was very. <laughs> it reminded me of, and I was going to say this earlier. Listen to you guys. Um, my favorite TV show of all time is The State. And, oh yeah. And, and I don't know why I was just envisioning those guys playing the pragmatics as the the delivery and stuff. I just gonna say. <laughs> It was very enjoyable. Thank you. Wanna, I'll take that. We should have him back. I like that he's my favorite guest. <laughs> I want to dip my balls in the yeah, stage. I <laughs> love that show. It's a great, yeah. great show. So we don't find out his name. Oh. And um, so I have a question about that actor. Because uh, you have actually some really good actors. Chris Palaha. Palaha. Good looking man. Good looking, great. No, he's a really, fine looking gentleman. He's really, I really enjoyed his. You are his, caught up. Yeah, he's in love. It really? He's a good-looking guy. Um, but he was he was a very charming actor. You also have Winnie Cooper in here. Yes, her name is Danica McKellar. Whatever. <laughs> Winnie Cooper. And you have uh, William Zabka. No, he's Billy. Billy, Billy. Zabka. No, he's Billy. William Zabka. And I love that he gets a sniff in. Did you notice that? Did you direct the sniff? <laughs> So oh, people who might not know right off the top of their head, uh, Billy Zabka is uh, the the bad guy from Karate Kid. Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. Johnny yeah. Lawrence from Karate Kid. And he has that signature sniff that he's actually doing in a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings commercial right now. Uh, and he sniffs, and he sneaks one in on you. No, it was not a sneak. Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not saying I was throwing it back. But I, my point is, that was uh, there was an editing down of the amount of sniffs we got in oh, there. Oh my god! It was very it was very oh, sniff friendly. It was cold a, out. It was cold out that night. That's his go to move. The go I think the go to move was the sniff. Yeah, it oh. was great. And not to answer the question for you, you can answer freely. But he was great to work with, right? He's, oh yeah, oh, he's got to be Billy's hilarious. amazing, right? Yeah, oh, dude, such a good. Because he's such an ass. Yeah. <laughs> he, even, uh, yeah. he just turns into an ass in this movie all of a sudden. At the beginning, that, he's not right. Yeah. That is, no, no, he's great. Yeah, great dude. Definitely an ass in movies. In movies, sure. yeah, he's, he's a total great on-screen yeah, I mean, ass. That's what we're he's the quintessential yeah. '80s. I mean, that's who he is. The '80s. Now, Chris Palaha has a great on-screen ass. Oh, Billy Zapka is. I think you're going to need to get Chris's phone number. This yeah, I mean, I can get him up here if you guys want. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to look at Chris Dowling. It's like the same <laughs> thing. It's like a. Yeah. Um, so, so, but uh, Zabka plays um, the, a good friend of our main character. As, as you saw from that clip. He, or as you heard from that clip, he's dealing with alcoholism and he's not being such a great father. That's all dealing with, uh, you know, the post-baseball career that's also probably troubling him. And all this is just sort of crashing down on him. And that's when, of course, he needs to meet produce. But, um, yeah, Zabka's sort of the, the buddy who's really no help in, yeah. uh, in you know helping him out. Let's get a drink. And the guy's dealing with alcoholism and so. Here's something I was noticing whenever I, I think produce is doing that move. Uh, I think he's brilliant. He's got a really great move because he's this. Does um, he do the sniff too? No, no. Uh, he is so loving and hug. wonderful, and he's got the hug, and that means he can hug all everyone. Oh. He hugs everyone. The first time we meet him, he's hugging a hot blonde chick. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think he's a smart dude. He's the smartest one in the movie. Because I'm gonna steal that move. I'm just saying. And, and if nobody, asks, and I nobody oh, has no, a no. problem with it. Yes, hugs sir. everybody. But I don't know if you can get away with the same way that <laughs> first gets away with it. I'll <laughs> sniff and then go in for the hug <laughs> and then shrug. No, but I actually did have a question at the end of all that, which is how do you cast for that? Is, is it somebody you have in mind? Is it a movie that you have in mind and you say, I can build it around this guy? Or is it an idea you have and then you, you know, let's, let's just be very frank. It's, it's a challenging part to cast because the, the individual needs to be. A Down syndrome uh, individual. Yeah, I know. It was Who super. Well, I was going to say, super cool. He never acted before when he saw the film. That's his first time to ever he, act. It was great. And he's really, yeah. good. he's really, really good in it. But um, you know, we did, we actually had like a, a worldwide search. I had this Shakespearean actor from Australia who sent in a tape, and he was awesome. You know, but but um, he was pretending to have Down syndrome. No, no, no. 
This is a real oh, oh. Shakespearean. Oh. I, yeah. Oh. No pretending. These are I'm all treading very lightly. Good no, for no, him. No, 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 no. That is great. <laughs> yeah. No. But that's but that's just it. These, it's all these actors with Down syndrome. But we it was great because you know like a studio they would go find someone to play special mm-hmm. needs or they would make it happen. Yeah. Go that get way. a Dustin Hoffman. There you go. <laughs> did you get Dustin's tape? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we did get Dustin, who knows? We would have done that. No, no. And so we had you know we had this worldwide search. We had all these actors coming through, and we knew we were shooting Kentucky, and all these people in Kentucky were like, you have to meet this guy, David DeSantis. Even though he's never acted before, you have to meet him. So he sent in a tape. His acting wasn't the best in the tape, but dude, you could just tell he was a star. Mm -hmm. And he had this personality that was so magical. And so we're just like, you know what? He's going to be first time movie. He's going to be sleeping in his bed at night. He's got a support system with him. He's going to be our X Factor anyway, so let's roll the dice. And so um, we did. So he was local. He was in Kentucky. Yeah, he was a local, local, local dude. That's smart. And he does use that move very effectively. It's not just a character progress. He knows what he's doing. He's a a smart dude. Look, dude, he's a a 22-year-old dude. He he wants to talk about girls. He's like, look, if I have to hug three dudes just to hug that one chick, just (laughs) just so I can play it off like this is what I'm up to, I'll do it, man. (laughs) Totally worth it. I'll hug some dudes just to get down there. Well, in college, my dad was determined that a lot of my gay friends were just smart. Because he's like... (laughs) Uh, you well, they're notice, usually pretty bright people. You ever notice they get to hang out with the girls all the time, and they're always going, like, they'll come over and we'll all be in our 90s and stuff. We don't think anything of it. He's like, I don't know if they're gay or That's just like smart. That's like the best insult. You're yeah. not gay. You're just smart. smart. Well, that was always the male cheerleader argument in high school. Do yeah. you remember? Oh, yeah. 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 Does he have that much spirit? <laughs> he does. Yes, he all do. All of the cheerleaders have to sit on his hand. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Dirty what were the thing. challenges in, in directing Dirty. then? Not only a first-time actor, but a first-time actor who has Down syndrome. Um, you know, kind of it's cool because walking into it, um, my, you know, my wife, she was like, oh, you got to do all this research on Down syndrome and you got to do this and that. And I said, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to... I'm just going to treat him like a dude and see what happens. And so I did. I walked in there, and I had no idea anything about Down syndrome. It actually was pretty embarrassing the first time I went in there because we sat down, and I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know if this dude can read because mm. I just didn't do any research. And I, was, I looked at him and said, hey, man, um, can, you, can you read all this? And he looked me dead in the eye. I mean, just like right in my eye. And he looked, he's, he's dramatic anyways. He licked his thumb, and he goes, oh, Dowling. And he had all, already <laughs> memorized all of his lines. It was crazy. Oh, wow. It was crazy. And I turned... I turned to my DP was right there and I said, "Dude, we're gonna be all right." Because I mean, it was it was it was a little nerve wracking going in there. Like I didn't know what to expect, and um, and so, but that's just it. That's what's so great about this film is like, David just he just keeps defying and, and, and shattering stereotypes. Because going into it, like I had my you know limitations that I'd put on him and my preconceived ideas of what he was gonna be able to do, and then the dude just eviscerated him like done. And let's be honest. Let's just yes. just to be very frank, all actors kind of special needs. They're all kind of. I I have worked with. They all have special needs that don't have their lines memorized. Right, exactly. That's all I'm saying. They're a little cranky. They're a little temperamental. I bet he showed up on time. He was lovely. Gave you hugs and knew his lines. (laughs) I bet he even smelled good. I've worked with worse. Just saying. I do have a question about a a particular scene. I don't think we're giving anything away here. There's a scene where he rattles off the skew numbers for all the produce. And I'm watching that and I'm thinking, okay, there's there's a couple ways you can do. There's two ways you can do that. You can just say, hey guy, make up some numbers. Uh, or actual, actually remember these numbers. What was your, your tack on No, that? they were actually real. Uh, well, there was uh, most of them real numbers, and then he th- started throwing in random ones, and we just kept them. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, because you're think, not going to know. Yeah, I think the fruit is like all starts like fours or something. All of a sudden, he starts throwing in some random numbers. So if you are a true fruit aficionado, <laughs> you will know, and you can call it out. Truly otherwise, <laughs> you're not going to know the difference. This movie's crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, you know what? I That's do the that. way it works, though. I, I mean, do yeah. that with people who play guitar in a movie. If they're not doing some sort of chords that oh, I can yeah. recognize, mm-hmm. I get angry. So if he's not skewing <laughs> fours... <laughs> Karen had a problem with uh, 
Spider-Man because oh why would Kirsten Dunst come from her right? job waiting tables in heels? In heels. <laughs> and she's like, I'm tired. I've been working all night. And these were not just one or two inch heels. They're like gorgeous three inch heels. I'm like, honey. You have maybe. talked about no other part of that movie. <laughs> no, because who would do that? Maybe she does the reverse of what the girls at my office do. The yeah, girls they at put my... on tennis shoes yeah, and right. they go home. Yeah, yeah, the girls at my office wear the heels around the office and then the tennis shoes home, but yeah. she wears them at work and then the heels home. But that, but that's some of the beauty of what we were talking about earlier. You guys were talking about like the 70s, 80s films where just had the, kind of this vibe and you kind of went with it. Like mm-hmm. we are, we're so hypercritical now because yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like, I, you know, things you watch now and you're like, like uh, you know, you really couldn't make a delay. Lauren that could travel back and but like you do it but like that like you're you're so accepting yeah. in the 80s you're like oh it's just fun this is cool like she's wearing high heels and she's a waitress totally awesome right. like, of course you could put a five-year-old in the tv yeah. <laughs> yeah. all the time yeah. i'd get stuck in there all the time with that. hey if lucille ball can go in the tv <laughs> yeah. why could a five-year-old do you have kids I do. I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, two little girls. Put them in the TV. Put them in the TV. <laughs> if you're ever looking for them, they might be in the TV. Are you ready for them to talk the way that, oh, uh, that was crazy. Kate did in your movie? Kate is uh, or, or Calvin's daughter, daughter, who has a mouth on her at the top. It, but I thought, that's accurate. Yeah. How old is she in that movie? Uh, Seven. well, 17. 17. Right. She yeah. tells you she, as she much. She corrects him, yeah. She corrects Ooh, him. If yeah. I talk to like that to my parents, oh, my God. Do we yeah. are we ever told where mom is? No, which mm-hmm. I, I love that question because you know was, that was something where you know the producers were like oh we have to explain away where that is and for me we don't have to and there's I always find movies more interesting when you give the audience a little credit and let them kind of fill in the blanks and so I said to these guys I was like so okay I'm gonna let you guys tell me what you think that where she is mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you what I would write and then you tell me what you think and so they were like oh well one person was like well she died and the other person was like well a drunk driver hit her and I was like I just think that she bounced when she figured out he wasn't gonna be a big star and she <laughs> kind of left him and then they were like oh no that's not what you're thinking and I was like great so why don't you keep thinking what makes the most sense to you mm-hmm. I'll keep making what you know the most sense to me and then let the audience figure out what makes the most sense to them and let's run with it and so that's kind of why we left that open it just occurred to me right now after yeah. having watched the movie that wait a minute it's never explained so it doesn't even matter you brought it up at the same thing as i never but, thought but it's it. also it's like when the movies i hate i hate you know this the, when it's there's so much exposition it's like she's been gone for whatever 10 years and suddenly you're going to talk about like oh well ever since mom's been gone it's yeah. like no you don't talk about that anymore <laughs> and it's, also whenever you um, meet somebody like we we're meeting you for the first time tonight and if there's something that i don't exactly know all the answers to i'm not going to be here hoping that you explain it all to me if all of a sudden there's a woman with you and i think oh that's he wasn't introducing me that wasn't his wife or if it's a second wife i don't go what happened to your first wife (laughs) no one does that so that's why it's a nice thing to not exactly you know write it out and give it that random fun fact it just occurred to me just occurred to me that in to kill a mockingbird they don't explain where mom is so you're on par with she the bouncing as far as I'm concerned. She bounced because he wasn't going to make it big. <laughs> he wasn't going to be. So she bounced. He's going to be one of those big time uh, he's not Mary, be a, Perry Mason attorneys. I was going to say, he's not going to be part of the, um, the what's that, damn court of the Supreme? land. Yeah. So she bounced. She's like, screw <laughs> this. Damn court of the land. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did you, I'm out. Did you, when you wrote those scenes, though, with uh, Kate talking back to her dad, up at the top, she's like, get a job and you're a loser. I mean, he deserves a lot of that stuff. But we were just watching the TV show Bloodline. Whoa, that and there's kid. a scene where the parents need to tell the kids, you're in danger, so beware for this and this and this. And, and don't do don't want, something and we told you. And they just don't want to hear from it. So they literally say, are we done here? <gasps> you know, it's like, okay, what? I don't want to play like kids today, but, you know, really? are we done here? I've never said that to Who this. Who here but, could say, are we done here to their family? But I believe it happens no today, way. and I believe to accurately... That's accurately reflected in Bloodline and in your film when the mouth with the mouthy teen. 
Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I think honestly, I think there's. I mean, obviously, the Katie Calvin relationship in the film is, is is basically she's looking for any kind of anything from her dad and not getting it, and so even if it's like trying to get a rise out of him, and he just doesn't get it. Um, but ultimately, I think also this generation of kids with like, I'm shocked what people put on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and how disrespectful. And I mean, it just it just kind of it's where we're at right now. And so I think yeah, you know, like I would have never said that. I I couldn't imagine my friends saying that to their parents. But ultimately, I look around now and I see people saying that to their parents on Facebook so everyone yeah. can see it you know what I mean like it's so I just I think it's uh, I think it's where we're at sadly strangely yeah. so there's I a agree, Doritos commercial so I thought those scenes were, were authentic there's Thank a you. Doritos commercial where mom's coming in from the minivan and the two snots are in the front yard how old are the snots so I can <laughs> snots, paint the picture snots are like five uh, six snot nine snot okay right and uh, the nine snots the one's gonna be piping off in this story right yeah. so she says hey guys can you can you help me into the house? And all right, she she says, "Can I get a hand?" And he's like, "I don't know. Can you?" I mean, that's the line in the commercial. I don't know. Can you? And then she sh- shrugs it off like, "Well, I guess you won't get some Doritos." And they're like, "Oh, Doritos. We'll do that for Doritos." But screw you, mom. Well, oh Chris, you you picked up our slack, kid wise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Crystal. So and I are going down that road. Whenever I was watching your movie, I thought of something I saw on. Oh, I want to say TV. TV, somewhere on a news type program, or maybe even on the Facebook. Because I had one morning I woke up, because I like to look at the Facebook when I'm waking up, and I just decided to get rid of anything on my feed that didn't make me feel good. So I got rid of all sorts. I didn't unfriend people. How do you do that? You can just hide their, them from your timeline. Oh, can so, you automate it's an it? Unsubscribe. Uh-huh. Yeah, unsubscribe. Yep. And so what you do is I just went through, and if it wasn't a doggy video or <laughs> a story about things that made me happy, I got rid of it. So lately, I scroll, and it's just lovely. This also, and it's I always Bill Mo- Bill Murray stories and all these lovely things, and then it's like a, a cat that's best friends with an elephant. <laughs> anyway, so I was scrolling. <laughs> I was scrolling through my morning morning feed of animal stories, and. Up came a story, a feel-good story, about a man with Down syndrome who's about, he's a little older than your guys, probably about 30 maybe. And he loved working at this store, and somehow the people there helped him buy the store. It's like a grocery store. Have you heard this? Uh, it's a restaurant. It's a diner. The it's diner. Called, I think it's called Tim's Place. Yes, and he hugs everybody. Yeah. And people go there, and he loves working there, and he loves helping people, and he always gives everybody a hug. And yeah. I thought, I was wondering if that inspired you at all. I saw, I mean, I've seen that since, you know, it's since awesome. the movie, but it is awesome. And mm-hmm. I think at some point we tried to hang out with Tim because f- he's like Midwest somewhere. And I can't he's remember. He's very busy. He is a very busy man. He he's running there a business. every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he's a but, captain of industry. He's, got, he's working. He's got stuff going on. Yeah, but that's and that's, but that's part of it too, part of that shattering the stereotype. Like you just mm-hmm. see like, you know, individuals with Down syndrome can, you know, they make they make uh, an imprint on society. They're not a burden. Yeah. And that's where part of this like ill-conceived, outdated, you know, I keep saying stereotype is what it really is, but mm-hmm. that, that kind of persists. So it's like, it's great to hear stories like that because ultimately like those are real stories and those yeah. are real people and they're making jobs and paying taxes. And like, it's, and he has employees. He has employees. He's helping people <laughs> eat and take care of their families. Wow. And, no. and it's always crowded, especially on Sundays because after church, everybody no. comes there and he hugs everybody. I'd go there. Are you kidding? Yeah. Be awesome. What was the inspiration for this story? Because you also wrote the movie. Yeah, um, you know, the the real inspiration of it was um, I'm just fascinated by the idea of like childlike faith. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted this this character to be broken and introduced to childlike faith as an adult. 
And so that's so Calvin, you know, obviously that's kind of his journey. But ultimately, I needed a bearer of this childlike faith. And it made sense. It could be someone with Down syndrome who the world would look at and be like, hey, you're too stupid to realize, you, sh- you know, you shouldn't be happy. Like, you just don't get it. And, and ultimately, Calvin, you, you know, you had uh, success in baseball. You know, you made it to the majors. You got this beautiful daughter. Like, you, you've got you've had it all. But, but you're, you're the one that's not getting it. And so it's, it's about him really being introduced to it and then how it kind of lures him and then how suddenly he realizes, okay, that the individual with Down syndrome there, he actually has it more together than I do right now. My life's falling apart yet. This guy has this that happiness. That's completely how I felt when I was watching the movie. I'm like, what am I pissing and moaning about? Oh, God. <laughs> now, now I'm upset exactly. at myself for pissing and moaning. It's a vicious cycle, yes, Chris. It is a cycle. <laughs> yeah. um, so it goes back to that idea that happiness is a choice. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Choosing it, man. It's hard to choose it because you have to do the work. And when we're kids, we think that happiness comes naturally. But then as you get to be an adult and life gets harder, you do have to choose to be happy. Sure. And, and, you know, I I read a uh, a, um, a, – looking for the word, a poll. A poll. That's an easy word. It's just, you know. But a a poll, and it was about – they asked adults with Down syndrome what percentage of them were happy with their lives. And it was at 93% said they were happy. And I was like, show me a cross-section of any human beings in the world where you get 93% that say they're happy with their life. Monks. <laughs> monks? That's it. I don't even know if you're going to get the monks. I don't, I don't know. Get the monks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a better clothes. Because then they're lying and you're <laughs> So you, we were brought, this film was brought to our attention through our buddy Ray Scalacci, a movie guy who wrote, who writes for the website. Um, and he saw it at Phoenix Film Fest, where we were last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what kind of festival run have you had? And did that help parlay into this release you're having? Yeah, you know, um, we kind of had our, early on we had our distribution. So we actually didn't really oh, do good. a whole lot of festivals. We premiered at uh, Dallas International Film Fest, which is one of my favorite festivals. Are you uh, from there? I am from Dallas. Oh, yeah, the home of the great Glenn Moore Shower. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Who was yeah, on our show a little while ago. I was ago. Say, I am, I'm not familiar with this Glenn, Glenn oh, Moore Shower. Great. You ever watch 24? Yeah, uh, the original, like yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Aaron yeah. Pierce, the, uh, the, the Secret, Secret Service guy. I'll pull up. A He's on I was say, I'd well. have to refresh my twenty-four uh, viewing to, to. He's on all sorts of stuff. Friend of the show who was on this show a little while back, talking about his film, uh, which ironically has a lead kid never acted before who had a specific ailment, which lent itself to the story of the movie. It was called Flutter. Um, and he had uh, oh, I, uh, uh, Flutter was at Dallas International Film yeah. Fest. Yeah, oh yeah, there you go. Yep. I remember that. So Glenn, who produced and started it, anyway, he was a. Uh, yeah, that was uh, kindred, kindred another, spirits. Another right Dallas on. guy doing good. So. Um, yeah, it, well, anyways, um, uh, there was a question. Uh, oh, the festivals. Yeah, festivals. but yeah, you, yeah. apparently yeah. you had distribution well, already. Yeah, and so, so good but the you. cool thing was we did um, – so we did submit to uh, the Heartland Film Festival, which is essentially the, I would say, the Sundance of like kind of family films. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we won the audience award there, which was, it was a huge honor to get accepted there. I mean, they go through a lot of films. And so it's a big, it's a big deal in that world. And, um, and we won the audience award. So that was like, that's, kinda, a, that's always kind of good when yeah, you win the audience award. Yeah, kind of put the stamp award. on it when that's we were cool. like, okay, cool. And then since then, you know, we just had a, a handful that we, um, like Phoenix One kind of, that worked out and was an awesome festival. And so, that's a great one. Yeah. And, and we already had a distribution with Lionsgate, with Roadside and, you know, through Lionsgate. Gate, and so we kind of were just waiting for it to happen. That's great. Um, and now we're out in you know 250 screens right now, and of course we were up against <laughs> Mad Max, Pitch Perfect <laughs> Two, uh, Avengers. Uh, yeah, that makes it a little harder. But you'll find your audience. Right. You'll find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah I was just talking about the movie Good Kill last week. The new Andrew Nichol film, who made you know uh, some Simone, and he wrote The Truman Show, and he's used to big movies. But it's real small war film, and again, it's quite good. But you got to find it amongst right. Avengers and all this other stuff. So that's out there too. These indies are out there this time of year. 
uh, you just got to find them, and it's it's tough. You got to look. Well, I was gonna say it's so hard too because it's true. Like up by me, um, you know, where I live in Valencia, it's like one of the theaters are, is playing, and whatever the twelve screens has basically three movies. I mean, yeah. it's like you know, there's <laughs> yeah. four screens of Avengers, four screens of yeah. uh, Mad Max, and four screens of Pitch Perfect. Which Pitch Perfect, by the way, how crazy was that open? Like seventy, 70 million, million or whatever. Yeah. It's absurd, but it's good, I mean, good for them. But so ultimately, it's like you get squeezed out in these little guys. Like we even had some pre buys, which is crazy. Where we had people that were guaranteeing and pre-buying 500 tickets to get a screen and um in some like like in i think it was in boston mm. and they still did not they're still like no nope, we still can't give you that screen despite the fact wow. that you have 500 here 500 tickets right here mm-hmm. ready to go for the weekend that's that's called and, uh yeah contracts with the studios i imagine right yeah Probably. yeah, yeah and they superseding were like, what's uh, uh, essentially a good deal right in front of them yeah so um you know so don't go see avengers this weekend go see where hope grows yeah now would have seen it by now they seem like right? you've seen them all you've it's seen 370 all. million everyone's seen avengers um, get on to don't this. see it again <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we're saying. i don't, now, I don't yeah. think there's much of a crossover audience because i would go see your movie before avengers and i mean i saw avengers but it's okay it's eh, not enough iron no, man this is counter your movie could use more Pitch. iron man <laughs> We're just saying. We do have a superhero figure, this almost myth of Chris Palaha. Oh, you know, <laughs> kind of, I do have a question, into, though. Handsome uh, man. Is it, <laughs> <laughs> is it safe to say, and is it is it something that you are that you will wear, that uh, this is a faith-based film? Is that, yeah, a, is that a, a label or a tag or a know, description that you would uh, accept? It's interesting. That I would accept, yes. And is that something that you I mean, look, set out to make? Here's the deal. Like, um, obviously, faith-based film has negative connotation unless you're inside, unless you're on the team. Okay, I mean, like it's just like you're gonna get reviews across the board. There's gonna be people that are just gonna you know, dog you out. By the way, the same way that I don't want a uh, someone who's a Christian to watch the film and go, oh. Because I like the message. That's an amazing movie. Like I don't right. want someone that's you know someone that's just going to hate on it because of the message. Like if they don't like the movie because of the characters, the di- whatever. Like cool, I'm down with that. But but you know, faith based it is a marketing term. I mean, when you really, mm-hmm. really get down to it, it's like you know, and it's it's what it's how you mobilize. You know, so there is a faith message with you know no doubt in sure. this movie. Um, but ultimately, it's not a message film. There's it's not preachy. It's not and it's not like when you when someone thinks of a faith based film, it's not this film is not that. And we've seen that across the board, meaning, um, you know, we've, we've had paid test audiences where it was a, you know, if we want to call it a largely secular crowd, mm-hmm. and we still top-lined, like, crazy numbers. And people were just like, oh, this is so inspirational. Like, we had a call today, and we were talking to people, and she was like, I'm, she's like, I have a child with Down syndrome. I'm not a Christian. She's like, and I, I can't stop thinking about this film. So it's, it's, to me, it's not a movie about faith the same way it's not a movie about down syndrome Mm -hmm. but i feel like those are kind of organically interwoven in the characters or like i would hope now ultimately when you talk to the church it's like yeah i'll say it's faith-based because it is rooted in faith but the the stamp of like Mm -hmm. faith-based and what that what comes along with that I mean, I, I think it's. I think this is broader than that to me. I'm just gonna call it a good movie. Thank you. Th- thank there you. you. Because well, and I'll say this: like a lot of faith-based films are very exclusive. Yeah. So it's like if you're not on the team, you're not gonna enjoy it. You're not gonna watch it. But yeah. I, I feel like ours is very inclusive. And again, we've seen that where people across the board that have no faith, some faith, a ton of faith, mm-hmm. can watch it and still pull an inspirational message or enjoy it or want they they believe the characters. So they want to go on the journey. Like that's. That's that's what we've seen so far. And so I will say this um, for for reasons I won't explain. I I thought it was going to be a little. I thought it was going to be heavy handed with with a faith based me- faith based message, and I'm what kind of waiting the whole movie and it never happens. And I'm like, oh, 
And it was really interesting to see because when you compare whatever this message is and whatever faith uh, angle it takes to any other movie, it there really is no difference. Right. So it, it was really refreshing. And I also would just want to go on the record as saying secular means non-religious, non-secular <laughs> I, means religious, which is always very confusing. Right? I know. Because we're the opposite. So uh, whenever I heard about this movie and, and that it was possibly faith-based, I looked to see if Kirk Cameron was in it. Makes and sense. I was really would you call him a negative connotation? I would, I would think so. <laughs> Karen was surprised. No comment. No comment. Yeah, no I was glad. Pleasantly surprised? Because he wasn't there. Where Hope Grows will not show up at the Razzies where Cameron swept Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. I, I, did, I did not see Kirk Cameron saves Christmas. Oh. I did not either. Someone did for us, though, and they told the world it was really bad. <laughs> but I, I, I have heard he's a very, very nice guy. Oh, sure. And, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah. I, I look forward to him making a good movie about, you know, about what he's doing. Someday, but, but all that gets wrapped, and, that, and that's part of it. Is like it's all you know. When you say faith-based film, like immediately mm-hmm. it's like, or it's funny. I mean, like we have because we got great reviews from like uh, Variety and the mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter, and I was really really excited about that. But then like I read the <laughs> the review from the New York Times, and the first line says, "This is me paraphrasing," but literally the first sentence says, uh, "Where Hope Grows" starts out to be a good inspirational drama, and then God shows up. Uh, but oh. he doesn't, but not, not in like this really but, heavy but, way at all. But I think what, I think to speak to your point is automatically when these some of these reviewers they yeah. see faith based they automatically go oh well let me let me let me be very keen to this because I bet if I walked through them and watched it with them and we really watched the scenes again like you don't even know where Calvin truly ends up at the end like there's not a come to Jesus moment or anything like it's just he's going on a journey yeah and there's there's two church at the scenes. church he's in AA more than he's in the yeah. chapel yeah yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah the apostle had more church scenes than this one. That's, that's such a faith-based movie. The Apostle. <laughs> the Apostle. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of church in that I'm movie, sure, right? I'm sure New York Times killed that one, too. <laughs> well, let's go on to uh, what your, because we ask this of every guest who comes on the show. What's your favorite movie of all time? Wow. You know, um, that is a really hard question. That's um, everyone's response. Yes. Why we ask uh, it? I don't I mean, like... I, no softballs here, Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, typically, and I don't know if this is true. I mean, I like 80s films in general, so yes. like it's the most Uh-oh. enjoyable film. Of course. I, uh, You're there, getting close to a right answer. Well, yes. there, there was... there. This is ridiculous, <laughs> because I would go through a long line, but for some reason, and this sounds absurd, Adventures in Babysitting will oh. not be my favorite movie of all time, but it's always stuck with me in a way that I always... This one's going on the wall. ...and revere... Yeah. Oh, wow. Adventures in Babysitting. However, <laughs> uh, when I look into like comedies, like I really Gross Point Blank is also yes. one of my very very favorites. Yes. And um, and then again, I can go across the board in like '80s films, like Three Amigos, and just even broader things of which time travel doesn't sound broad, but you know, like the back. Like there's just so many things mm-hmm. that I'm I'm truly a product of the '80s, and I love and cherish that feel. The feeling you guys were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, I miss that in films. And actually, I went with Billy to watch. Um, the Karate Kid in their 25-year reunion at oh, the... Cool. Um, you got to watch Karate Kid with Lawrence? With Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence, Johnny Lawrence. yeah. And it was, but it was cool. It was at the Japanese um, Historical Museum or, or whatever it is downtown. Oh, wow. But, but long story short, it was we got to watch it on the big, you know, the big screen yeah. and with an audience. That's cool. And it, it, was, it was one of the most... Ma- it, was, it was magical. Like, oh, I was giddy. Man. I was laughing. I left. I was floating. But it felt like I took a portal... Uh, you know, maybe I went into the TV, the, uh, yes. the Poltergeist TV, but I, I ended up, I ended up back as a child again, and that's and that's what I miss. Only when I go this see time you now. were with your friend, yeah, who Johnny, was in the movie. 
Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but, that'd be awesome. But I, that's what I miss in a lot of movies now is I just don't leave and feel like I just I, I feel like I just had this. I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's just something. Yeah. It's bigger than the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I walk out of most movies like, eh, okay, cool. Like whatever. There's some explosions or you know whatever. But it's like I don't know. There's something about those '80s movies. Even though, like I'll click through on um, Amazon Prime if I'm bored and I'll I'll go find instead of finding a new release. Like I'll go find. Like I'd never watched Flashdance before. I watched that pretty. Oh, recently. that's fun. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's, that's I just, I just it's about on. a girl you trying to make her way in the world. <laughs> Thanks, honey. With a bucket of water and <laughs> <dancing>. and staying moist <laughs> and supple. Uh, you know what? The, you just made me think of something because I think what what is happening in today's movies is that they're m- movies that aren't science fiction or that aren't otherworldly, that aren't you know some aren't spectacle. Being released. What are you talking uh, about? Um, are too much like the real world. Like so, even a drama just feels like that's my house and that's my neighborhood because what they're trying for is to make uh, to make their world as real as possible and there was this not realness to the 80s movies this yeah. this, this otherworldly yeah it looked like a mall and it looked like a house but there was something different about it that allowed you to leave where you were in your time and place and go into that movie and go hey I'm going to live in that world it's a different world a perfect example of this mm-hmm. just the, the, the perfect microcosm that is um the dance scene at the end of Footloose yes! is the most absurd I high school dance it. in the history of the world. <laughs> but it yes! is amazing. Yeah. I want to, you so bad want to be mm-hmm. at that dance. But it, it, it's just like glitter's falling and it's like these crazy line dances and it's yeah. it's just, but it's not. And everyone who doesn't know how to dance at all is suddenly like <laughs> doing yeah. choreography. A 10 out of 10. Yeah. 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 I, I love planes, trains, and automobiles. And there's one. moments in that movie that I. I just well up little things like um, when you go through the whole film. You, oh. I hadn't watched it in a while, and I went oh, through the whole you film. Do the spoilers? No, no, no. Just like little things, like whenever <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Uh, whenever he dies at the end, you know. No, no. <laughs> whenever Dell says, "I like me," my wife likes me. I just start to tear up. I'm like, because I know what's going on, and I'm like, oh my god, and and. The other guy's being such a dick. Well, speaking of John Hughes, I'm going to make a recommendation for you. Oh, yeah? It's a 2015 movie called The Duff. Okay. Oh, it's great. Duff is... It's really great. I've heard of it. Duff is... I loved uh, it. What is it called? uh, The Designated Ugly ugly Fat fat friend. Friend. Right. And it's given to this girl who then has this quest to find out why she's called the Designated Ugly Fat Friend. She looks around. She has two super hot best friends and, you know, wants to shake that image. But it reeks of John Hughes. Yeah, and there's a mod to John Hughes. It's not completely filthy like they didn't go American Pie with it. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. just a good, strong well teen comedy about characters. Um, there's a huge house party. Always John Hughes with the right. big house parties, you know. <laughs> and uh, and there's the classifications of, you know, right out of Breakfast Club of all the different kinds of students there are. And she finds herself in this classification and they all sort of do battle and... I recommend that. I, I'm in. You'll get I mean, that I'm 80s in. feel, it's great. I think. I'll go get it. Yeah, I started to cry it. when she started to do a 16th candle thing. I just, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, there's some pretty pink in there. Oh, it's all great. Uh, I'm like, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, another just, since we're, you know, on, on, in Where Hope Grows. Since we're talking 80s, about movies. I was going to say, <laughs> 80s uh, trivia tidbit is um, Clyde Jones, who plays the manager the store manager, if you recall, that would kind of give Protoss a hard time. Yeah. Um, oh, in yeah. Coming to America, oh, yes. um, Soul Glow, Eric LaSalle's company, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. there's a commercial they had with Keep the guy talking. with crunchy hair who's doing the Soul Glow, and he's kind of doing this in it. Uh-huh. That's Clyde Jones. <gasps> That's yeah. Great. yeah. Soul Glow. Yeah, that was a bonus. I didn't even realize that when I cast That's him, and awesome. then I was like, this is amazing, because we have Winnie Cooper at one point sitting bedside married to Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid, which is enough to just... You know, blow it. Yeah, yeah. Blow that's an eighty or eighties gasm, an eighties gasm right there. Just like, 
All right, well, let's get from And they're your... both very attractive people. Yes. They are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Danica McKellar. Still... <laughs> and she's yeah. not in it enough in this movie for just Danica. Danica? That's just your... And she well, wears she's way too many clothes. She's not anything enough. Let yeah. me I guess the question is, is Chris Palaha in it enough for you? Right? Just barely. Just barely. All right, it's but. time for... <laughs> what did you see this week? I think we can do a real quick round of this. What did you see this week? Anybody uh, want to chime in? I do. I want right. to chime because I saw what I thought was a really good movie. Uh-oh. And uh, kind of a brave movie, kind of an interesting movie. Did you leave your house to see this movie? I did not. <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> this was a TBTNT something special. Oh, okay. Uh, 50 First Dates. Look at this. Look at this. All right. That is a really... Good movie. Wow. I was charmed by it the entire time. Is that because there's 50 topless girls? <laughs> no. I didn't see that one. I need to oh. see that one. <laughs> no, wait. That is the one I was watching. You're right. <laughs> is it the no, same date right. over and over, or is it 50 different no, it's dates? Drew Barrymore. It's Drew Barrymore, it Adam Sandler. Yeah. Oh, I, I really right. was just smitten by that, that movie the whole time. It didn't well, win me adorable. like a Wedding Singer did. But Love that movie. Yeah. I, I, f- I feel like that was the one, the Adam Sandler movie I watched, where I started going... Mm, oh. Like the decline was happening. You know, well, there's there's something that happens in Adam Sandler movies that I think you have to just accept. And he kind of m- feels like he kind of makes all his movies with a small wink to the audience that we're just being goofy, you know, and let's not get too serious. But I thought the premise of the movie was very, very interesting because there is there is that time where they they pretend the day is the same day over and over again. And, and at the beginning of the movie, you're like, well, this is this, there's no way they can pull this off. For, and it. Uh, immediately it stops. I mean, they, they get caught. They eventually get caught. And so the movie's about how do you deal with this after the, the fact that you've, you're caught pretending that this day is happening to this woman over and over again, and then how do you overcome that? I thought it was very clever, very... I, I have to admit, movie. I don't remember that movie being bad. I just don't remember it. I think oh. my problem was I watched it solo, and I did, if I think if I had like a girlfriend with me or something, like to me that would have made a difference. Yeah. Like, can I get in the Hapes. vibe? But he's probably he watching it, it quiet by himself too, <laughs> with commercial. Never mind. I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I'm it like, twice, <laughs> like back to back, because they just repeated it. I'm like, I'm not getting off the sofa. I, uh, that I, bottle of gin still got something in it. <laughs> on that note, um, I saw a faith-based movie that um, would not be said as much, uh, would not be advertised, but I believe that you could get behind it. Wait, Paula took me for my birthday to see Cinderella. I loved it. That's it was space. so no. Well, in a way, it is. Her, you know, we all know the story about Cinderella. She's treated crappy by her stepmother. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, well, is this the new Cinderella? Yeah, yeah. with the really skinny girl. Yep. It's kind of an origin story for Cinderella. I think it's important, and it really gives a lot of motivation to some of the characters that we don't know why the stepmother is awful to her, and we don't know why the stepsisters are awful. We don't really know what happened to her mom or her dad. Well, we meet all these people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the mother was the one who said to Cinderella, because Cinderella had a pretty badass, kick-ass childhood before she lost her mother and father. So when she's being, you know, abused and mistreated... It's really horrible because she thinks back to, wow, people used to love me and treat me nice. So this really <laughs> sucks. But Cinderella was told by her mother to always be kind and be brave. And if you just are kind and brave, then it's much like choosing happiness. You will find a way and things will work out for you, even though it may be shitty right at the moment. But just be kind to people who are evil to you because they have their own demons and be brave and show up even though you want to hide. And I thought that was a great message, and she does that, and you watch the, you watch the stepsisters be nasty to her, and instead of being nasty back, she 
just waits and gets mm-hmm. them what they need and it's kind to them even though they're not kind to her. And even though it's magical in this movie, but there is a reward there, that comes to you for doing this and kind there's of behavior. A, there's a mo- yeah, exactly. And there's it's a moment. It's a fairy godmother, but you may, you may get that in the real world, but in the story. <laughs> but there's Jesus, a Jesus, a fairy godmother. It's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> Only Jesus does not have as nice addresses as fairy godmother does. He could if he wanted. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, and, and by the way, the dress was its own character. I just can't believe the dress. And Paul looks over. I'm like, the dress is perfect. Yeah. It's so perfect. Costume it's design was so out good. of hand. Oh for my that god, movie. so good. But there's a moment in the movie where Cinderella is up in the, you know, up in the attic, and so the prince and everybody comes to look for Cinderella. Where is she? And they have the shoe. And so the mean stepmother, who was fantastic by the way, gorgeous, but just a horrible person, which makes her ugly. Kate Blanchett, brilliant, a lock. Yeah, 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 brilliant. So they bring Cinderella down, and she's just in rags. And before she walks in to meet the prince, she just kind of looks in the mirror, and she just looks like a mess. She's not the big, beautiful, transformed princess, and she just has to. I can't remember how they word it, but she said... The fairy said, and now she'll be as brave, the bravest she's ever been. She'll have to be herself. She has to be herself without anything to cover up who she is. The movie's unapologetically so a fairy tale and, and quite successful. And she so. walks but in 100% herself, being kind and brave, and he loves her not because she's gorgeous, but because she's... Spoiler! <laughs> Got a big it's Cinderella. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. It's Cinderella. It's yeah, really great. But I will. I'll add one last thing to that. Then get on to the next movie. Is that in in having her have to follow her mother's wishes or want to follow her mother's advice on life to always be kind and be courageous? Uh, it gives her something to do and something to be. So it's not just wow, my life stinks. Oh, Prince Charming, help me. I mean, she's and- actually having to do things. And behave certain ways to achieve what she wants. And we know and the, I like that. the reason she puts up with it, which they never tell you, is because her mother and father made that house. That was how she grew up. And her mother and father loved the house. And she wanted to keep it up. So whenever everybody else stopped doing their chores and stuff, of course she did the laundry and cleaned it and took care of it. And when they made a mess... She took care of the house because it's her family's house. It's been with them for hundreds of years. So it would make sense that she would mop and clean and take the firewood and do all that stuff while the other people just sat around eating bonbons. You know what I'm saying? Bronick. Kenneth Bronick. Got it done. Great movie. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then I'll lastly say Welcome to Me with Kristen Wiig was very, very bad. Oh, really? I, I haven't given a bad review in here oh, in a while. Oh, I things, saw that. I, we're not seeing a lot I of the stuff that I heard was bad also. That's the good thing about oh, this show. so disappointing. We only see what we want. Talk about everything anyway. I wanted it to be good, and it uh, didn't do anything. I didn't realize it was out yet. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it wants to say something about uh, someone TV? with... Um, Multiple personality, not multiple personality disorder. Uh, uh, well, she has some sort of disorder. Yeah, mood disorder, right? It doesn't. Bipolar yeah, it depression. Doesn't, it doesn't wants to be hilarious. It doesn't. It's weird for weird's sake, oh. and it kind of just floats in a whole th- sort of. Isn't this weird? Isn't I, this funny because it's weird and it's not? I expect an Adam McKay to say something about what we're doing to people on reality TV. Oh. And he didn't say anything. Yeah, he produced that, and I wish he had more of a I say. I thought he'd have he a voice. Would've. Do you see anything, Chris? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw, uh, I think The Lone Survivor was the last thing I kind of saw this week, which movies. was... That movie's got bark on it. Awesome. That's hard. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. It was so much better. To me, it was so much better than American Sniper. Like, I, I didn't care for American Sniper that much. And um, I'll agree with Lo- you on that. Lone Survivor yeah. was outstanding. Like, I mean, it really was. And Refresh that, me on this one. It's the Mark Wahlberg <laughs> one. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Fighting yes, yes. out it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was uh, it's Peter Berg and, and Lone Survivor, was, man. I love that movie. <laughs> he's, he's always out of breath. Yeah. Oh, uh, but um, yeah, but it was it was great. It was one of those cool things where like um, I checked on like Hollywood versus I think it's Hollywood versus history or history versus Hollywood website, and it was like pretty legit. Like oh. this because it's like it's so absurd what you hear what he goes through mm-hmm. and like because he's rolling down this mountain, he's been shot like thirty times or whatever <laughs> it is, and but he really did like have these insane injuries and like these guys that really gave their life up like some things that almost felt too heroic in the film. When I looked it up, I was like, oh, that was legit. Like, that wow. dude really did that. Like, um, It's a microcosm of the big picture of war. And to see these guys, like four dudes fall down this hill, escaping gunfire. Not entirely, still getting hit, but falling, hitting rocks on the way down. Oh. And they're covered in gear, and they're just banged up and bloody. And they see one of their guys at the top of the hill, and they're like, we got to go get him. I mean, it's just <sighs> hardcore. Is that Mark <laughs> at the top? Mark at the top? No. got to go get Mark? No. Oh. Yeah, but it was, it was actually. I'd go get Mark. <laughs> He's they'll go get anybody if oh, it's okay. their brother they're gonna go get him and it doesn't matter how and they're all like you know getting, looking to see what kind of the private ryan uh, private ryan's at the yeah, top. how much uh like bullets they have left and whatever and their hang, hands are all mangled and they're bloody but even at the end i mean again uh, there's there's a very um because no spoilers right we don't spoilers here so right. but there's Try not to but it's called well Lone we Survivor. do know the <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie's called Penn and Teller get killed no. i think i know how that it ends. But, but there is there is a very um the person that truly rescues even Mark Wahlberg is such a surprise in the film, oh. and it actually legitimately was also real. Where it seems almost like a Hollywood story, it's it's it, yeah, it's remarkable. I'm gonna have to watch this now. Yeah, it's good. Here's what we're gonna do. I mean, do. there's 51st dates. I was gonna say, make watch. a deal. We'll make a deal. I'll watch your Lone Survivor. You give another look at 51st dates. And, After you know, the bring your girl or your right, wife I'll, and I'll your girlfriend wife this time. To, both. Bring both of them. Bring both your girlfriend <laughs> and your wife. All right, it's time for the grand finale <laughs> or finale. It's time for the celebration of the birthdays <laughs> of those who make so the movies. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Here we go. All right. Do you need this? No, I got this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Miss Tina Fey. Happy birthday, Tina Fey. Yay, Tina. She turns 45, but complaining anywhere from a comedian to humanitarian. Tina studied the Second City in Chicago about the same time as Paul, Adam, and I were there. And I think we watched her when she got her big start on the main stage. I believe we were there when that all happened, and then she went off to Serent Live. And, Paul, here's something I found a little bit interesting. Yes, what's There's happening? There's a fun fact about Oh, you didn't know thing. that fun fact? No, no, you're, you're, you're going to glo- gloss over the big fun oh, fact? I have a fun fact. Paul and I were engaged at the time, and so Paul threw an um, engagement party for me at, like, a bridal shower type thing. And he went through my Rolodex of all the people that I knew, and Tina Fey was in there because she was my coach at the time. So I show up to a surprise party <laughs> for my wedding, and there's Tina Fey. So that was exciting. She gave me, I think, a water pitcher and a bowl. That is the coolest story. Yeah, I love that story. Nice lady. She was awesome. <laughs> I've never had a bridal shower or Tina Fey show up at my house. You'll right? have a bridal shower one. You'll have a bridal oh, shower, you. and I'll make sure I invite Tina. PMA, positive mental <laughs> attitude. I Here's something I, else. I predict one day that Bart Caius Palaha will one day <laughs> <laughs> have a bridal shower. <laughs> and we'll invite Amy Poehler as well as oh, Tina Fey. Wow. Sure. Uh, here's something I found kind of interesting is that we uh, Tina was quoted. I always like to go to IMDb because, I don't know, maybe it's BS there, but at least they can take it down if they want to. So she must have read it at some po- point. She said, I am obsessed with things like strippers and Playboy Playmates. I'm obsessed with portraying that and how grim I think it is. Remember Stephanie Weir? I think we saw this scene that Tina's going to refer to. She did the best version of a sketch that I've ever seen about figuring out how to come up with that relationship of a, a stripper. 
She did it perfectly, playing a stripper at a bachelor party who had to bring her kid because a babysitter <laughs> fell through. <laughs> the discomfort of that really makes me laugh. And I swear to God, when she said that, I think we saw that sketch. I think so, too, yeah. Oh, my God. So fun. So weird. But anyway, fun fact. Also, uh, Paul and Lee. Now, I want you guys in... in Bart. First, Bart. Oh, my God. I wrote Lee on here. You guys can Did you actually me. write it down? Yeah, I wrote, oh. I wrote the wrong name. Um, but uh, let me let me hear what you think about this. She was sure. talking about when she dressed as Princess Leia once for a costume in a Sarah Live sketch. Hubba hubba. Yeah, this is what she's <laughs> saying. She goes, you put that costume on and you put on that wig and the nerds go bananas. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> slave Leia or just Robe Leia? I think Robe Leia. Uh, Robe Leia, I don't know about Robe People Leia. were just staring at me in the hall, all the extras and the background <laughs> people, the nerds. They all wanted to talk to me all of a sudden. Guys have a real weird thing for that outfit. She was quite the quintessential woman for a lot of men my age and that, you know. I do know for a fact that when she was doing the, uh, when the real Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, was doing the screen test, she came in with the costume on, and poor friggin' George Lucas, such a nerd, he immediately goes, oh, "You look good, but uh, in space they don't wear underwear." Oh God, <laughs> that's like the creepiest thing you could say. <laughs> you know, uh, so, no bras in no space. Bra- no bras. No bras in space. If you look closely. There's no bras in space. I would love for him to walk me through that logic. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, in space, you need as much support in keeping things where they need to be as possible. There's no gravity in space. I know. You need all the help you can get. Your boobs are going to be in your face. (laughs) Aunt Beru, too. (laughs) Mothma. Yes. Well, maybe the older women have bras. And let's move on. Next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Bill Paxton. He turns 60, but can play anywhere from mellow to chill. We here at the Movie Guys have a Movie Guysopedia term called the Paxton. A Paxton refers to any actor whose dominant characteristic in his or her ability to do anything... Wait, is there... D- can I start that over? A Paxton refers to any actor whose dominant characteristic is his or her inability to do anything which threatens to upstage a shitload of Hollywood's best explosions and special effects. So when an actor is in a movie, he doesn't pull focus away from the special effects and that would be a Paxton. Mm-hmm. See Bill Pullman. Right. See Matthew Broderick and Godzilla. Sure. So, can you mention? I Paul have Rudd a, and anything. I have a couple of list of movies here. Now, you guys being the movie guys, can you tell me which movies Bill Paxton has done a Paxton <gasps> in? Can you give me at least three or four? Uh, this is not a multiple choice. Well, Twister. No, no, no. Twister, of course. Yep. Twister. Uh, uh, I mean, does Edge of Tomorrow count? I'd put Edge of Tomorrow oh, yeah. because uh, there are special God, effects in that. in that. Weird Science. I didn't put weird <laughs> science, but it could be. Okay. I, I do have aliens down here. Titanic. Yeah, oh, aliens. I mean, yeah. Titanic, a whole boat yeah. goes down, but we're not so upset, you know, because Bill Paxton's there. You should have just run through the Cameron uh, catalog there first. I have aliens. Bill Paxton's in Titanic. Wait, does True Lies count? True Lies, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of counts because there's a lot of blowing up and whatnot. Yeah, but, I, not one, but not a simple plan. I also, no, not a simple plan. <laughs> and I put stripes because even when Bill Paxton's there, he doesn't t- deter from my boyfriend, Bill Murray. He's in stripes. Yeah, it's a really tiny part. Oh wow! Isn't now, that funny? I've gone on record as being yes. a milt. A Men in love with Titanic. Men in love with yes. Titanic. <laughs> Where's Bill Paxton in Titanic? He's the whole guy going down to the bottom to get. Yeah, there. he he's the reason it happens. He's the to begin researcher with. who takes uh, Gloria Stewart's character down there. Oh too. my goodness! It totally. I'm like. <laughs> and yeah. guess what? You didn't oh. notice him because he didn't <laughs> take away from the special effects. Brilliant work, Bill. <laughs> Brilliant work. <laughs> And also, I just found this interesting. Um, Paul, you give an example of other actors who can pull a, a Paxton, and you yeah. said Matthew Broderick and Godzilla. Did. Well, ironically, according to my definition of a Paxton, we know that that could also be Matthew Broderick. 
who built tax packs and turned down that role. <laughs> and uh, there you go. And they gave it to Matthew Broderick, uh, which I find funny. You know what, Karen? We what? actually uh, have... Uh, because your birthday is this week as well. Yes, it is. So we had, it was we yesterday. got uh, on the voicemail here a call what? from Bill Paxton. Shut up! Hey, let me play oh, what, he, what okay. he said. Hey, Karen, this is Bill Paxton calling. You know, it's my birthday today, and uh, I hear it's your birthday as well. So yes. I was just calling to wish you a happy birthday. And, uh, you know, when it's my birthday, I know it's always filled with all kinds of excitement. And uh, I just hope that your He's birthday so is as exciting as mine is. Hey, you know what else is exciting? Tornadoes. Did you know that a tornado can produce winds of over 230 miles per hour? <laughs> no, I just, I actually just made that up. I, I don't know. I've never chased tornadoes. I've, uh, I, I've never done anything that exciting in my life. But uh, anywho, uh, uh, have a happy and uh, an exciting birthday, Karen. Bye. Wow. Kind of, kind of a thrill, I'm huh? so lucky. What a thrill that is. Wow. I never realized that. You know, he sounded a little excited. That's when, as excited as he sounds. When he gets yeah. really charged up like that. That was really nice. Thank you, Bill Paxton, for calling me for my birthday. I never realized how much Bill Paxton sounds like Bill Paxton. It's weird. Yeah, That's he weird. sounds just like one of my friends. Yeah. It's odd. Never noticed that before. Never noticed that. Lastly, let's wish a very happy birthday to Trent Reznor, the lead huh? singer of Nine Inch Nails, yeah. who turns 50. Why are rock stars turning 50? How does that happen? Yeah. Why does seriously. that happen? And when did they start announcing this? Yeah. That's, <laughs> you, that's young compared to your, your uh, Van Halens and whatnot. I'm, and your Van whatnot. Halens and your Stones and your, and your, and your, and your performing and touring. Yeah. yeah. Did you know he can play anywhere from an industrial rock singer to an Oscar award winner? Does yeah. anybody well, know? What? No. Where did he win the Oscar? I will uh, tell you. Best achievement in musical written for oh. a motion picture for original score. Go. The Social, social Network. network. Yeah. Nice. Ah, Isn't Chris that cool? Now, however, he won that Oscar, but he was nominated for two others. Do you know which other movies nominated? Um, Happy mm. Feet. No. <laughs> uh. Close. Gone Girl. Gone Girl, right? And Ooh, another nice. dark brooding movie. Well, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes, yeah. See? he's pretty much just doing the Fincher films from here. Yeah, on. it's um, pretty badass. So rightfully so. You know, Bart. Yes, I got it right. You know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true. People yes. ask me, "Can you tell me two interesting things about Karen?" And I say, what "Well, she does shed a little bit, but <laughs> she's hypoallergenic." Yes. And she loves when celebrities sing. I do love when celebrities sing, and I also love when celebrities who can sing really well sing. Ooh. So we're going to hear a little bit. I, I love this. He did this for David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Trent Reznor is going to recreate Zeppelin's classic tune, The Immigrant Song. This is pretty badass. I should have break out the cake. Sure. An undocumented song is what it's called. <laughs> the Dreamers song. Oh, wait. We are getting cake. Holy balls. What we have here is a cake for, uh, it's, it's, it's a Millennium Falcon cake, kind of. Damn straight it's it is. It's supposed to look like the Millennium Falcon. It was kind of difficult to keep, uh, keep it Millennium Falcon-y. All right, this is a great song. But finally, let's wish a very happy birthday to Karen Volpe. Who turns timeless. Thank you. She turned gorgeous today. Thank you. She can also play anywhere from a movie gal to a boobay sister. Oh, thanks, Steve You may may remember uh, Karen's various appearances here on the Movie Guys, offering her perspective on films and from her stage appearances around Southern California in Funny Girl or Little Shop of Horrors, playing Fanny Bryce and Audrey. 
We know her as probably the most essential element of the show, prepping the Admirals Club for a shoot every week, helping secure guests, adding special extra touches like food. Like cakes shaped sort of like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and decor like our crazy signs and stuff. Space cake. Space cake. Love space cake. As well as writing and co-hosting every week. Oh, we love her and wish her a very happy birthday. Thank oh, you, you guys. sliced right down the middle of that Millennium well. Falcon. Did we get enough <laughs> pictures of that before? Yeah, sure. Uh-oh, did we? It's on we? video. Yeah. It's on video, all right. Uh, and of course, we all know how much Karen loves when celebrities sing. Well, I do. She's a celebrity from oh, where we're sitting. God. So here's a little Karen play? Volpe from her album Dinner in a oh, Fancy okay. Dress. So it's been recorded Available properly. on iTunes <laughs> and CD Baby. This is a tune called I Drink Because I Love You, written by the great Chuck Pelletier and performed by celebrity Karen Volpe. Thank you. Caught the cake. There you go. Got it. Perfect. Bad enough for you? What? Well, I, ma- I started making the cake, and Karen picked up after that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm one of those guys who, like, hey, I'll make dinner, and I start boiling water. Then I go and work or something, and then Karen puts something in the water, and the meal is made. And that's why I drink, because I love you. There you go. Well, uh, hey, that makes for another movie showcast. Together we are... Bark Together we're the movie guys. Individually we're that. Oh, we screwed up. <laughs> busy eating. We're eating cake. You can follow us on Twitter at the movie guys for daily jokes and links. Also Facebook.com slash the movie guys as well as iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funny or Die, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that. Thanks to Chris Dowling. Yay, Chris Dowling. Where can we follow you? Um get social home, media going? I don't have any social media. Oh, you don't? I'm that guy. Does Where Hope Grows have a... Uh, yeah, I mean, our Facebook... Or the page, even? Yeah, our Facebook page is really big. We got like 500,000 likes, and um, it's just Where Hope Grows. Um, you know, forward slash Where Hope Grows. There you go. Forward slash, backslash, uh, some slash, which one is it? Eh, just search <laughs> it. Hey, search Where up. Hope Grows. You'll find us. We're there <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Also, thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week, and uh, Bill Paxton, or Scott Stoddard, right. for calling in. And as always, we owe everything to Pat Peach. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Next week, we're talking about 2012 or the day after tomorrow or San Andreas. One of those. We'll see you then. (laughs) 